Before we get started, we have a quick question. Does your school have a good mentoring program for new teachers? Does it support administrators who run the program, train and support mentors in how to best help new teachers, and support new teachers by answering their questions and helping them to meet their biggest challenges? We've mentored many new teachers and we've had lots of conversations with the new teachers crying in their cars after school. That's why we created the New Teacher Navigator. We have everything that your school needs to run a successful mentoring program. It's online and very affordable. If you or someone in your school or district is interested, check out our program at inspiredtogetherlearning.com or send us an email and we'll follow up. We'd love to help you support the next generation of teachers. The future of education depends on it. And now we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have you ever wanted to increase student engagement? If you answered no, you might be a superhuman teacher. And if so, please make yourself known because we want to meet you. In all seriousness, teaching students who are actively engaged is more fun and a whole lot less stressful. When students are engaged, your lessons run smoothly and you accomplish more in less time. In today's episode, we're exploring four simple ways to increase student engagement. Welcome to Season 2 of the Inspired Together Teachers Podcast. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers, and we know the struggles you face on a daily basis. Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve. Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best life. It's more fun and less stressful to teach students who are actively engaged. When your students are engaged, there are fewer behavior challenges. Discussions are fluid and energizing. Your lessons are running smoothly and you accomplish more in less time. Students then will complete their tasks and even turn in their assignments. They will also likely remember more of what they've learned. Chances are that when students are engaged, they are also having more fun and enjoying learning. So what's not to love about that? We are always excited to talk about this. We like to talk about student engagement because there are few things that are better in teaching than watching students when they are fully engaged and enjoying their learning. Today, we're going to be exploring four tips to increase student engagement. First, we're going to take a lesson from the business world. Now, before you shut off this podcast, trust us on this one. You'll understand why in just a few minutes. The second tip is build an active learning strategy toolbox so you can plan engaging lessons. We're also going to explore our third tip, which is about switching up the learning environment. And finally, we'll talk about the importance of adding joy to the classroom and how to do that. These four tips will help you increase student engagement exponentially, so let's not waste any time and get right to it. Engagement tip number one, take a lesson from the business world. One of our favorite authors ever is Dan Pink, who is the author of Drive and A Whole New Mind. Both of these books we've referenced on other podcast episodes, and they're among just a few of his bestsellers. In his New York Times bestselling book, Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, Pink looked at four decades of research on motivation, and then he summarized it all into one book for business leaders to help them keep their employees motivated, satisfied, and performing at their highest level. What Pink learned has direct application to the classroom. 
Basically, he said this, in order for people to be motivated to work and learn and thus engaged in what they're doing, they must feel a sense of autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Once those three things are incorporated, motivation and engagement skyrocket and the management issues start to decrease. Let's take just a minute to talk about autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Let's start with autonomy. Autonomy means that students have some say in what they're doing or learning. They don't need total control, but they need to be able to make some of their own choices. This might be in setting their own learning goal or choosing which learning materials they want to use. Maybe they could have a choice between several different projects, or they could get a choice of which partner or which group they worked with, maybe a choice of tasks, or even a choice of which book they read. Students will still need some sort of accountability. We're not just saying, let them do whatever they want. But if you give them some say in what they do, it will greatly increase the chances that they will do it. Teachers are sometimes nervous about giving students control because then they think they will lose control. But really, the opposite happens. Students don't need all the choices, but they need some choices. Teachers can control the choices. Daniel Pink offers this advice. Control leads to compliance. Autonomy leads to engagement. Do you want compliance or do you want engagement? The second thing that creates engagement is the opportunity for mastery. Engagement leads to mastery. Think about it. Did you ever really master anything without being engaged in it? We've all had that experience where you memorize something for a test only to forget it the minute you walk out the door. That's not mastery. Mastery is the ability to get better and better and better at something that matters. Our educational standards require students to master skills. So what can we do as teachers to increase mastery? First of all, we can make sure that tasks are not too easy or too challenging. We need that Goldilocks spot right in the middle. We also need to give students time to get into the flow. We've talked a lot about flow in different podcast episodes. That's that time where they can focus and work on a task uninterrupted. We also can make the work look like play. There's often joy in the pursuit of a goal. Have you ever been so involved in something that you just completely lost track of time? Learning, work, and enjoyment are not mutually exclusive. Also, you can encourage a growth mindset where students believe that with effort, they can get better and better at something. When we look at mastery in the real world, we often think about kids and gaming. It doesn't matter how many times you mess up, you're just always trying to reach the next level. For adults, that might be something like golf or completing the step rings on your watch. It becomes a competition with yourself to keep getting better and better and better to reach that next level. This is why professional musicians who are at the top of their profession keep practicing even when they've become the best. That's why athletes keep running or keep shooting hundreds of baskets every day because they're going for mastery, always trying to level up. The third aspect from Daniel Pink's engagement discussion is purpose. We've talked about this one before. We talk about it often. When students understand the purpose for their learning, they are more motivated to learn. Students are less likely to engage when they view the work as a waste of time. When they can answer the question, why is this important? They understand the purpose of the lesson. Tell students the objectives of the lesson. Share the outcomes. Show them the learning standard. 
That's not quite enough, though, because sometimes those standards or objectives can seem kind of dry and unimportant without understanding the context. So make sure the students know what they are going to learn. Tell them, post it on the board. For example, you could use a prompt like this. Today, you are going to learn to then make sure students understand how they will use this information or why it is important. This creates relevance. When students understand how they might use something, how it will help them in the future, or how it will improve their skills, such as critical thinking or the ability to analyze, they'll be more likely to buy into the activity. Or you could say something like, here are some ways that you will use this information or skill in the future. Better yet, you can ask the students how they think the information or skill might be useful in their future. You can increase student engagement by paying attention to autonomy, mastery, and purpose. It's not just a solution for the business world. It's a powerful formula to increase student engagement. Let's move into engagement tip number two. Build an active learning strategy toolkit so you can plan engaging lessons. Are you using active learning right now in your classroom? Teachers who are looking to build engagement are always adding new active learning strategies to their toolboxes. And then you have to use those strategies when you're planning to make sure that your lessons are engaging. A great active learning strategy can usually be used in any curriculum area and across different grade levels. We've written several blog posts with our favorite active learning strategies, all of which we're going to link in the show notes so you have easy access to them. We've got them all written out for you. Most of our favorite active learning strategies can be completed in about 10 to 15 minutes. We're going to share two of our favorite active learning strategies with you today. It's hard to pick just two, Paula, because I have a whole toolkit of active learning strategies that I love to use. But I'm going to share two that we've used recently in our own summer workshop. The first one is walk the walls. This is a really simple idea to get kids to think about the ideas that they've learned and review what they've learned, read, or discussed. It can be a good warm-up and it takes 10 to 15 minutes. You determine a set of six to eight questions related to the day's lesson. For example, which mammals have you seen in person? Why do you think slaves joined the Confederate Army? How do you think you would have reacted to finding an abused dog? Those are all kinds of things that you might have in your curriculum, reading about an abused dog, studying the Civil War, or studying mammals. Gather six to eight large pieces of paper and place one question on each sheet of paper. Then you tack them around the room on the walls, give students a marker, and have them go around the room and answer each question. When they're done, you grab all those papers, bring them together, and you can talk about what they wrote. It's a good way to review. My other one is fun because it's a little silly and it sounds kind of silly, but it's called speed dating or with elementary students, sometimes I call it line learning. Just as in the last one, you will prepare a list of questions for discussion. They can help introduce a new content or review previously learned content. Have students get up and get in two lines facing each other. Set a time limit such as one minute. Determine which line will talk first and which line will listen. Ask a question. Students have a minute to talk about the answer with the person facing them. Then reverse speakers. For the next question, have one row move along one place to the right so each person is facing a new partner. The person at the end goes to the other end of the line. Students like this one because they get to move and it's kind of fast paced. You can use a little bell and go ding, 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 and then they know it's time to switch partners. And so it adds something new and it adds something novel and they're moving. 
In addition to those strategies, remember that you can always add small engagement elements to your toolbox and your lessons, such as attention grabbers, other community builders, anything that you can do to disguise learning as fun. For example, maybe you introduce a lesson on the states of matter by playing music from the movie Frozen. Then you can conduct experiments with ice, snow, and water. Music is a great engagement tip. Let's talk about engagement tip three, switch up the environment. Too much time in the same environment can make anyone feel restless. New and unique environments can increase engagement dramatically. There are many ways to switch up the environment without abandoning your curriculum or academic standards. Consider what you could do just to switch things up. Move to a different space for a lesson or for a day. If it's nice, go outside. And beautiful weather days, if students are staring out the window longingly, let's face it, you probably are as well. Consider how you could take all or part of the lesson outside. Or could individual students work portions of the lesson to be done in a hallway? Could you go on a nature walk or use sidewalk chalk to practice spelling words or math problems? Another idea is to change up your classroom. Add in a reading tent to the corner. Make a bulletin board, an interactive board where students can get up and engage with the classroom content. You can also switch up your environment by bringing in more things. Let the students feel or see or hear, touch, maybe even taste what they're learning about. These can be used for manipulatives in learning, but these things can also help solidify the relevance. You can also consider adding walk-in talks. In a walk-in talk, students pair up and you give them an assigned topic to discuss. Often you can just use discussion questions that you would have used with the entire class. So have them walk and talk in the school hallway with their partner or maybe outside. They discuss the question for a minute or two and then they switch partners. After that's done, you can bring them back to the large group to share their insights. Of course, you can repeat this as time allows, but that activity is great for language classes. Think about using it for a Spanish class or a French class to be talking in the language they're learning, or you can use it for any content area. We do want to remind you that you want to be clear and specific in setting your behavior expectations and directions for the students when you switch up the environment, because they might not know the expectations in that different learning environment. For example, you might say something like, I know we all want to work outside today. Before we do that, I want to make sure that everyone understands the rules and the expectations and agrees to them. While we're outside, focus on doing the work of the lesson. But I call you to get your attention, stop and listen to the directions, because if you're not following these, we're going to have to return to the classroom. Then you can have the students repeat these rules back for you or have them raise their hand if they agree to the rules. The point is, when you switch up the environment, the students don't always know the expectations. So in order to make that successful and engaging, make sure that you're very clear about the different expectations up front. Well, switching up your environment is one way to do what we're going to suggest in tip number four. Engagement tip four is add joy to your classroom. Joy helps students love learning. If students love learning, they will be engaged. Joy encourages creativity, which we recently talked about on a podcast, and it also opens the doors for creative problem solving. Joy encourages curiosity and self-motivated learning. There are many things you can do to make sure that students experience joy in their learning. Here's just a few of our favorites. Laughter. Try and incorporate some humor into your lessons. Laughing reduces stress. 
Look for some opportunities to inject humor into the day's activities. Tell a stupid joke. You can even say to the kids, if you line up quickly, I'll have time for a joke. I'm not naturally good at telling jokes, but I used to use those silly joke books, like 101 Stupid Cafeteria Jokes. And I would just always keep them in my room and grab one when I need one. Telling jokes takes less than 30 seconds and adds fun. We all remember a teacher who told corny jokes. Notice that we remember the teacher who told the corny jokes. Another fun idea is to add music. There are songs that fit into all kinds of areas of the curriculum. Check out YouTube for songs about multiplication or grammar from Schoolhouse Rock. You all remember that? Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Better yet, let students work in groups to write and perform their own songs based on their topic of study. Music brings about engagement, and as a bonus, it helps with retention of something new. Another way you can add joy to your classroom is to read funny literature. When you're reading aloud to your students, which we really hope you're doing, no matter how old they are, or if you're finding literature to incorporate into your lessons, look for and choose funny stories. When students have that positive experience with literature, when it makes them laugh or makes them feel good, they learn that reading can be fun. And if reading's fun, they will do more of it. And the more you read, the better reader you are. We all know how that goes. So introducing them to fun reading is a great place to start. I remember Shel Silverstein really kind of broke that boundary for me with his funny poems, Where the Sidewalk Ends. I memorized many of those, working with students for short readings when we had a few minutes, having them just grab a Shel Silverstein poem and read it, having them laugh and laugh when they realized the girl with the hundreds of Band-Aids on her didn't actually have a cut or a scrape. Joyful classrooms are less stressful and less anxious places. Neurological studies have shown that students' comfort levels can influence long-term information storage and transmission. Teachers and students face many challenges, as you know, in today's educational climate. Living without joy does not have to be one of those challenges. Joy will increase engagement. To recap today's discussion, we often hear that students today just aren't engaged. Well, the days of sit and get learning are in the past. By understanding how autonomy, mastery, and purpose lead to motivation, and by following up with lessons that include fun and actively engaging activities, you can increase students' engagement and maximize learning in your classroom. In true teacher fashion, we always end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to try one new way of engaging your students. Just one. Challenge yourself with that small start. We're not going to be grading your homework, but we'd love to hear how it's going. So reach out to us on our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com, on our social media outlets. We're active on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on LinkedIn. And you can always drop us an email. And don't forget to go back and look at the show notes and get links to all the downloads for all the activities we talked about today and more. As always, be sure to hit follow or subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. 
Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.